0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Pointcast. Today, I've got Anthony here. He, he wrote another wonderful article, which you can go read if you want. Pause the the podcast and then go read the article. It's on pointcast.news. Um, and then come back and then we'll have a discussion about what this article means. Because there's a, there's a lot to unpack here. And I think you started it in a way that makes it relatable and then kind of went into your additional point. And we'll go ahead and do the same. Um, so this, this topic involves Jeff Bezos. If, is that right, Be- Bezos? Bezos. 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 Okay. Um, Jeffrey Preston Bezos um, is the founder and CEO of Amazon. Yes, that Amazon. Um, he's also the owner of the Washington Post after his company purchased it in 2013. This is the part that's important here is his connection to the Washington Post. Now... For those of you who may not be aware, there was a a, a very important event that happened earlier this year or lat, th- this, yeah, last year. Yeah, uh, yeah, last year. Yeah. Um, I don't know why it's I, I'm I'm Still an idiot. Dead. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 new enough that it it it's thrown off my, my time scale just a little bit. But um he was under a cyber attack. That's the important part here. Um the 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 Authors of said attack are noted to be Saudi Arabia, but members of, of Saudi Arabia, almost specifically the prime, um, I almost said crown prime minister. Prince. Yes. The crown. Pr- thank you. I, I, I'm losing some of the words here as I'm trying to explain the situation. Um, the crown prince who, who they've had contact in the past before. Um, I w I don't know if I'd go as far as to call them friends exactly, but they, they, they've at the very least, they got a business yeah. relationship. Um, and then this happened now. The important part, and this is part of the, the point of your article, is that literally right before we came here to record this today, I Googled Jeff Bezos hack, right? Just Googled those three words. And no one could tell me the point of the hack. They could all say that it happened, yeah, but no one can say why. Yeah. And the speculation is ridiculous.
1: Uh, absolutely.
0: And so that's kind of where we're going to start here is, is, uh, you, you take the stance that the, the hack on Jeff Bezos was a political action,
1: yeah.
0: um, by Saudi Arabia. Can you, can you kind of tell us a little bit of why?
1: Yeah. So, um, before the hack, there was a, there was a journalist who worked for the Washington Post and he was, he's, he was a Saudi dissident. Mm-hmm. And he had been a very fierce critic of the crown prince, MBS, because, you know, MBS has a lot of, he's been getting a lot of, a, a lot of attention. He gets a lot of, a lot of love from America, the way sort of Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia always has. Right. And this is despite the fact that his track record inside of his own country is pretty spotty. Um, our relationship with Saudi Arabia is just very complicated. <laughs>
0: It has been since. I mean, well, it has been for for quite some time. Yeah, yeah I'd say. You
1: know, there, everything you see with Yemen, the, the the fact that like, I think it was like ten of ten or twelve of the nine eleven attackers came from Saudi Arabia. It's been yep. a very complicated relationship. So, but he was a fierce critic, and so he went to um, Istanbul. He would say he was, you know, he would, he was. I guess you could say lured to Istanbul. He went to the embassy there. And while there, he was murdered. This journalist was murdered. Story comes out that the murder was carried out by essentially a hit team from Saudi Arabia. We then came to understand that this was done at the direct order of the crown prince. Mm. So in the first part of the story, we have the crown prince of Saudi Arabia ordering a hit on a journalist. journalist from the Washington Post. So that's the first part of the story. Right. Then, you know, the post picks up on it. They start putting the pieces together, unwaveling, unraveling the thread, and they start doing more and more critical coverage of the prince. So then this Bezos hack happens. And at the time it happened, no one was really sure why it had happened or who had done it. We just know there was a hack. These compromising photos of him with another woman were leaked, led to his divorce. Right. These things happen. At the time, though, one of his security experts had said, like, it was Saudi Arabia, and everyone kind of said, nah, that seems ridiculous. Like, surely that can't be the case. Well.
0: Even they did. They, they, right. they said it themselves, yeah.
1: Right. It, it seemed ridiculous. I, I mean, but then months down the road, you know, as people start going through the data of the hack, they, they find out that, like, Saudi prince had sent a very weird WhatsApp message to Bezos, and that this may have contained some sort of uh, spyware, ransomware whatever you want to call it. And then when he opened up this strange video that like Bezos' phone started uploading huge amounts of data all of a sudden. This is what they they found out when they started sort of going through the sort of digital footprint. Right. And it became clear that like, oh, it looks like this came from the the prints. My theory, I I think it's one that's supported by the facts, frankly, is that this was done in in a blackmail effort to try to stop the Washington Post doing the story. Um, because no one can definitively say it was the crown prince. You know, they can't say that exactly. But, I mean, the crown prince certainly had motivation to do this.
0: And the Pretty implications
1: fair. of this are, I mean, they're staggering. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You have the the crown prince. I mean, they're staggering for so many different reasons. First off, you the fact that the crown prince and Jeff Bezos currently have enough of a relationship that, like, they run in the same circles, which sort of goes into the whole, like, global oligarchy oligarchy sort of thing but you also have the fact that here we have the crown prince of saudi arabia uh, murdering uh, ordering a journalist murdered then hacking the phone of the world's richest person and by default one of the world's most powerful people yeah in order to possibly silence his newspaper's attempt and and what that says about what we're going to see here is uh, terrifying to me i think it's really terrifying
0: so one of one of the one of the first kind of things that you mention is that this is something that we will see more of, especially given that we have a very important election coming up near the end of this year. Yeah. So you you say, you you said this a couple of times in this conversation already that the implications yeah. are massive. And we, we know that there was some there was some doing with this last election that there was some outside force that did something to our election. Yes. I don't know if it's been clarified as to what happened exactly, yeah. but we know that there was some outside force that either interfered or, you know, changed data from, or somehow influenced our last presidential election. Yep. And given the events of America to date or since then, mm-hmm. since that date, um, I think the, the implication that you're you're going for is that other foreign powers will attempt to do the same, if not more. Yeah. If they're willing to attack, consi- considered the most powerful person almost in the world, yeah. what would they do for the presidency? Correct.
1: Correct. And so, you know, most most editors, most people who even own a newspaper are not Jeff Bezos. Right. You know. He has an additional layer of, you can say, cybersecurity because of who he is. Most of them don't have that. The fact that he is vulnerable to this indicates that anyone is. Anyone is. So you get into this world, who could actually be shaping the coverage of in your newspaper? Who could be shaping the coverage you see on TV? You actually may not know. Because if they're willing to do this to Bezos, they're willing to do this to anybody. Yeah.
0: And and obviously the the other ones don't wouldn't get as no. much coverage, if any at all.
1: No. They, wouldn't, they may not even have the resources to run down who did it to them. Fair. You know, um, you know if you think that, if you think the person who owned the Indianapolis Star has the power to fight something like this, like, no. Not even close. <laughs> they would have no chance at all against fighting something like this, right? What people need to realize is what we saw in our last election with sort of this Russian misinformation campaign. Yeah. That was a trial run. That was the warm-up. That was them testing the waters and seeing, like, okay, what Cam can this get work. away with? Where are the cracks in the system? How can we exploit those later? These sort of campaigns, they, they've been running these campaigns around the world. You know, when I say they, I, I don't just mean just Russia or just China or just Saudi Arabia. We've done it in the United States. We've done disinformation campaigns. If you look at our history in Central and South America, yeah. extensively we did this. It's just a tool that governments use. That's That is what it is. We've never really seen it used against us like this, but I think we're going to start seeing it now. You know, so for instance, you know, if you look at what Russia or or even back to when they were the Soviet Union, what they were doing to their neighbors for a long time, they go, yeah, we've been dealing with Russian misinformation campaigns for long, far longer than you guys have. Well, these things are coming now, and I think you're going to see more governments um, kind of
0: exercising power, yeah,
1: test the waters of what they can get away with. Which is
0: terrifying. It, it's
1: terrifying. I mean, it's yeah. legitimately terrifying. You know, that's why you know I wrote the piece because you know it's an opportunity to take what seems like a small thing and, when you and, step and back, make it you know, apply
0: to several other things if exactly. it's not already being applied. Exactly, it calls several things into question, and exactly. I get that.
1: It, you know, um, and, and yeah, and you know, we're 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 gonna have to we're all gonna have to keep our guards up. I mean, we're gonna have to be aware of what we're reading. What could be the the reason this is becoming a thing now? Mm-hmm. Why are you seeing this story? Who could be behind the story? It's a lot to ask of like the common, like a normal news consumer, but um, it's what's going to be required of us, I think, going forward.
0: And I think that's that's one of the things that kind of separates um, people nowadays. I think that there, there's like a lot of, in, in, in current day political America, I think that there are a lot of people who are much more familiar with politics than others. And that tends to like put people into, regardless of what they believe, that puts them into like two different information camps. People who generally tend to question everything. And then people who kind of just accept the things from people who care more about those things than they do. And I think that the, the general political sphere would be not only very different if everyone attempted to stay informed, because not everyone does. But I think that, Uh, This kind of bleeds into the next thing I wanted to talk about, uh, which is the idea of political noise. Um, This is something that I think we've seen happen in America already. Um, There's been lots of situations, especially within these last few years, where um, the, the release of very important policy information coincides with something stupid Trump's done. And that, that's not just the thing that's happening with Trump; it's happening kind of everywhere. Yeah. But I think I think there's like a I almost want to call it a political bait and switch, or like a political uh, what what it like when magician when a magician yeah. like makes you focus on something so that way you don't like see them performing hand. the trick. Yeah. Um, uh, I, there's a word I was really trying to remember, but I can't remember right now. Um, but I think that's that's what happens. Yeah. And it, th- these types of things are. Currently happening both from America to America, and now from other places to America as well. Yep. Um, because let, let's just be honest here we we didn't really know anything of the of the murder of Jamal. Yep. We knew what was happening with Jeff Bezos and his wife. Yep. And while I don't think there was any information that they obtained that led to the death of Jamal from the hack yeah. because the, the hack did happen before um, before um his murder but I, I think that you, you're you exactly right in that they were using this as leverage to stop any additional research both into his death and anything else moving forward yeah. specifically regarding the prince
1: yeah I, I mean uh no I mean every, everything you say there is correct man um it, it, it is, it can be really. Something you mentioned there is when you read a lot of the news, you know, you, you, you sort of get the idea that you are well informed. Whatever your viewpoint may be, you get the sense that you're well informed. But what you said about the, the idea that we should just, they're just going to try to flood the zone, so to speak, with, with noise and noise and noise to, to cover up the thing that they don't want you to see or to confuse you. You know, because the goal of this is confusion Right. it's not to make you believe one thing or the other, it's just it's to make you think nothing is true at all Yeah. Um, I read a good book by a guy who was sort of producing entertainment in Russia and he had, a western guy had gone over there, he was producing entertainment and he said he, he realized that shortly there, was that the Russian government didn't want you to believe something, they wanted you to believe nothing they they just wanted you to go. I can't know what's true because there's just too much noise. Because then, then get away with anything. And I think people don't quite realize what we're seeing here with these disinformation campaigns, with what we're seeing from the from the Trump people. The idea is just to make you think you can't possibly know anything, right? Um, it's to make you not want to be engaged with it at all. It's to make you just. Uh, blindly accept whatever you hear because it all seems so depressing and overwhelming that you don't engage with any of it right um they don't want you to be passionate consumers of the news they just want you to
0: don't you to question everything yeah or sorry they, they want you to question everything that's not what they're saying
1: yeah exactly that's exactly what they want You go how could i possibly know anything anymore right there's too much out there
0: so then we can tell you what you're supposed to exactly
1: say. Right, that that that's how these campaigns really work, and that's where we are. You know, that's where we're heading towards. Um,
0: I, I think, to some degree, we're kind of already there. Yeah, there there are lots of people who are just mouthpieces for Trump and yeah. and his base. Like it's yeah. it, it's, and I, I say that not necessarily because I want to disparage these people. The, obviously, they believe what they what they believe for a reason. Yeah. But I, a, a good number of them that I know are doing this because it's what their family's done. They just always vote red. They they feel as if, you know, Trump would be better be for you know for XYZ. Yeah. I, I can't I can't pretend that I, I hold their beliefs. But at the same time, like it's coming from somewhere. Like no no one really truly follows for no reason. Yeah. But I think a good number of people have lost the want or even in some cases the will to question what and why they're following. Yeah. And I think that's the major difference that you see with the two political parties right now. And that, they, that that's part of the reason why, in my mind, the Democrats are always so divided because we, we don't want someone, just one person, to speak for all of us because yeah. we are so divided yeah. in what we think. But because of Trump and kind of what he stands on and the people that he's ignited, they're just all right behind him gung-ho because there's no yeah. reason why they shouldn't be.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's really difficult to to fight against. It's difficult to fight against that when it happens. Yeah. Um, you know, and now it's, it's
0: happening in, in right. places outside of the U.S.
1: Right. And that, exactly. I mean, you know, a lot of this, a lot of what we're talking about, a lot of it centers around disinformation and misinformation. And it's a difficult problem once it takes root. You know, how can you, 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 you can't challenge a bad story without first drawing attention to the story. Right. And so you sort of, and inevitably, you amplify it by trying to challenge it and draw. And drawing
0: attention. attention to it. Yeah. Right, right. Like bad press is still press. It's
1: still press. Right. And so you can't ignore it because now you're just letting bad, bad news or bad information go out there unchallenged. But by challenging it, you amplify it and give it to more people. You know, this is the, you know, Steve Bannon talked about when he used to do this with with uh, Breitbart. This is one of the things he used to do. He knew that if he could get something to Breitbart, and it would make its way through this chain, it would make its way to Fox News. And even if it wasn't true, he knew that CNN would cover what Fox News was talking about. Mm-hmm. And now it is mainstream. <laughs> so they knew, like that's a good point. They they, they have to cover us because we're important. Because a lot of conservative voices listen to us. And by covering us, they're making us mainstream. And now our views are seen as normal because they're on CNN where they're, where they're presented as this is what the the conservatives feel. So how do you challenge misinformation? And this is for CNN. How does a normal person, and I don't have, I'll just say right now, I don't have any great answers for this. Right. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, I go on my Facebook feed every day and I'm like, oh man, this is just, (laughs) this is ugly. This is ugly out here. I don't know what to do, I, you know. Um, I know, I think the, I think it starts with trying to be aware of the problem, but I don't know how we're gonna fix it.
0: Right, uh, and, and to be honest, I, I think that that's one thing that kind of irks me, is that I feel as though people have lost the ability to question, because in their minds, if you're questioning it, that means you need another answer, but I think that a lot of people, especially now, are just wanting more questions to be asked. Because eventually we can reach an answer, but not if one side is asking questions and the other side is not asking.
1: Right.
0: So, um, one one of the things that you mentioned that I we have kind of talked a little bit about it, but you 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 reference it in a particular way in your article, yeah. and I, I want to kind of discuss what that means is the, is the bubble, the political yeah. bubble yeah. that people find themselves in, and I think that. Obviously it happens for a multitude of reasons. I think most importantly it comes from people being involved either in familial or other um, Connections that that kind of bounce the same ideas off of each other people kind of exist in these echo chambers Online or in person which only you know further reinforces thoughts and ideas So less questions are being asked um my my kind of thought to you. Obviously, there's no good answer for this, yeah. but if, as an example, yeah, I I'd say that you believe you're someone who's well informed. You yeah. believe you believe yourself someone who is. If you feel that you may starting to do, you may be starting to develop a bubble yourself, yeah, what would you do? Like, what what do you think is a possible way out of it, at least for you?
1: So, so you know, I, I do this I do this pretty regularly now um it is really important that we all develop the ability to monitor ourselves so i regularly ask myself the question and it seems really simple but i always ask myself what if i'm wrong (laughs) like whatever i believe what if i'm wrong what what if the other person is right whether it's you know, a religious question, the existence of this, that, or the other, or something about gun control, and I ask, well, what if I'm wrong and they're right? What would the implications of that be? Well, Because no one should believe they have all the answers. And I find that the, asking myself that one simple question, it actually does help me see things from somebody else's point of view. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, and, and I think we just ask it, a, because it, it helps put you in a different frame of mind. Just ask yourself a simple question. What if I'm wrong? What if they are right? Okay. So, now I got to think through. So, what, what would that mean? How would I challenge myself? Once you start asking yourself that question regularly, it, it sort of starts feeding itself. Because mm-hmm. you see where, okay, if I'm wrong on this one, well, maybe I'm wrong on this one. You start challenging yourself internally. And that does help you kind of,
0: at the very least, see things from other people's yeah, perspective. Yeah, It helps yeah. you
1: realign your thinking sometimes. And you know, it's just a thing you have to get in the habit of doing. Um, and I ask myself that a lot, you know, whether it's, it's gun control or health care or abortion. I just always ask myself, okay, what if I'm wrong and they're right? How would that explain their behavior? And maybe I should reassess some of my priors. Was my belief founded on something firm? Is it a firmly held belief? Do I maybe not feel this very strongly? am i basing it off of good information and good facts or am i basing it off of like something somebody said yeah something somebody said i don't know about you know it helps you sort of build an intellectual model of the world that that holds up better i mean i'm not perfect i've you know even recently i've reassessed some of my beliefs but it, it holds up the practice works like so that would be my advice to people just ask yourself what if i'm wrong and then Try to think about that issue from the other side as if they were right.
0: <laughs> um, personally, because I think that there's some, there's some things that I can, I can speak on this as well. Um, I, I found myself recently realizing that I have bubbles about a lot of things that aren't political. Um, and the way, that I, the way that I challenge that is I ask myself, not necessarily what if I'm wrong, but like, why... Do I believe that? Obviously, I know what my beliefs are, but it's important to me to know where those beliefs come from. And obviously, just knowing that leads to several other questions. Yeah, You know, if like like you said, you know, is this based off of not necessarily great information? Is this just something that I've done my whole life? Is this something that I believe strongly, should this change? And I think that another thing that helps me is if I hear a belief that I don't quite understand, I ask myself, why they might believe that. The same thing I asked myself, but kind of flipping it on its head, seeing what could cause someone to believe what they believe. And I'm going to go back to a conversation we had about a different article that you wrote, Constitutional Carry. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So we were very much in alignment on that being crazy. Yeah. Right. And then I talked to a couple of my family members who I didn't know this, Full-blooded, full-blooded Republicans didn't know that was a thing in the black community. But um, as a whole, we, we came to, because because they're willing to have discussion just like I am. Yeah. But their beliefs are a lot stronger than mine. Yeah. And so, like, I had the ability to kind of pick their brain yeah. about why they think the way they do. And their answers were actually kind of surprising. Yeah. Because most of it I thought was coming from a particular place, but... Obviously, that's not my life. I can't live what they do. I can only assume. But it's very different hearing maybe why they feel that that could be relevant. Now, do I agree with it? Still no. But I I think that there's a a benefit in understanding where they're coming from, at the very least. Because... If you understand what they want and what they're trying to need, or you know what what they need and what they're trying to get, there's a middle ground that can be come to. Yep. That's exactly what happened in that conversation. Uh, we we ended up realizing that common sense gun laws is what we all want, yes. but that's not what they believe they were getting, right. and that's not what i'm hearing from them <laughs> right. no, I think so there, there's yeah. there's a power in having that conversation and meeting in the middle yep. even in just the conversation not even about policy and so that's that's one of the things that's helped me kind of avoid falling into and breaking out of yeah. the bubbles that i've been in is just examining it myself and then trying to examine it that same way yep. from someone else's perspective yep. now The, a very large part of this issue though, is about noise that there's, it's one thing to hold a belief. It's another thing to have that belief given to you. Now, obviously it's a bit harder to challenge a belief that you may not understand is coming from a malicious standpoint. And one of the things that I wanted to go ahead and talk about in this case is different ways that people may be able to find information that they can trust. Now, Obviously, everyone feels that one source or another is reputable. Um, There's no real way to say that one is more reputable than the other because there's lots of things that can, you know, throw wrenches in that. However, um, I I wanted to ask you in in your own personal opinion, and, and most of these are personal questions because I think that a lot of this is personal, um it, it really has to do with a, an individual person's thoughts and beliefs. Yeah. and so my my question to you as kind of a as as we kind of wrap up this this conversation yeah. here is how do you specifically yeah. try to avoid the noise like what what do you look for in articles that you read yeah. or or sources that you you cite yeah. uh, whenever you you know are formulating your own opinions about yeah. current events
1: uh, so I have sort of a, I guess you could say it's it's a it's a it's a two-pronged approach. Okay. So the the first one is just in in the daily news, I do just consume a wide variety of news sources from sort of all across the political spectrum. You know, I don't ever go to anything that I would say is very far left or very far right, but I'm very comfortable sort of operating anywhere from center left, center, center right. Like it's fine. The other thing I do, and, and this is. This is where I think I, there's, I have a twist on it that I, that I don't think is necessarily is common. Is I, I read a lot of books. And in particular, I actually read a lot of fiction books. Hmm. And so this seems like a strange approach to people. But for me, I find fiction books allow you to place yourselves in an environment that you would never find yourselves in. That's the beauty of fiction, right? You can put right. yourself in a world you would never be able to actually experience. And by displacing yourself so completely, it actually helps you to absorb other worldviews that you might not otherwise be exposed to. And, And so this can be everything from, you know, like it seems insane to suggest that, I don't know, that like reading Game of Thrones could help you make sense of stuff politically. Except you realize that like, Game of Thrones, for instance, this is just a hypothetical, but like I, I've read the books, but like they, they are presenting you with a variety of worldviews, some of which are more conservative than others. Right. And they are asking you to accept this person's worldview as okay and fine and to make sense of their actions and through their eyes. And it actually helps you because you take that back to our world. And it actually does help you balance yourself because now you've experienced perspectives that you may not otherwise have experienced. Um So I, I find that book reading of all kinds. You know, recently I read this book, Friday Night Lights. And this one isn't a fiction one. It's actually a nonfiction story. Yeah,
0: there, there's a movie made about right.
1: it. Right. People probably know the movie TV show, right? So I read the book that it was based off of. And it really helped me to inhabit this world of like Odessa, Texas that I would never otherwise be able to experience at all and see this world through other people's eyes. Right. And it helped me to realize like the world is bigger than I think. And people may hold these views for reasons that are entirely okay and consistent and so you know uh, you want to consume your news sources from a a variety of places but I also wouldn't me personally I just book reading really will broaden your worldview I think more than any other um and the other thing I do and this is something you'll be able to relate to Josh I know because we're both gamers like gaming with people online is is if you find someone you know you may be gaming with someone who's like from in mississippi and you're like i don't know seems like a good dude right i mean sure we've all had the crazy interactions with people online I've right on like Call of duty but i've also had interactions where i'm like this is good people man like and the fact that he's from a completely different place than me and probably has very different views than me doesn't seem to be stopping us from like interacting, having a good time them. and right. being friends yeah right. <laughs> like, gaming can be strangely like unifying like because like if you put people in environments where they're not talking about politics it helps them find a thing that unites them and that actually probably helps in politics a little bit like look this person's not your enemy like you you just saw him they're a good guy like this is a good good person (laughs) like you may have different views on guns but like
0: but this is this is this doesn't have to be a fight. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there, yeah. there's a there's actually an interesting um, bit of history I can give you yeah. in, in, in that same regard. So one of my friends online, I play Xbox by the way. Yeah. Um one of my friends online is a Trump supporter. Yeah. I didn't know this when we became friends, and it didn't stop us from being friends afterward. But there was a situation in where I made an offhand comment yeah. about Trump because I, I'm in my home space. There's no reason why right. I can't do that. And he's like, Wait, what do you mean? And I was like what do you mean? What do I mean? Like, excuse me. And he, he, we, we have like, we, we, we stopped the game that we were playing and had like a 30 minute conversation with, there was, I mean, there was no malice. There was no anything. We were just talking from two different viewpoints about a specific issue. Yeah, And it's crazy to me, the amount of like and this is this is part of the reason why I mentioned the conversation I had with my uncle. Um, like it's it, there's a power in just being able to discuss a topic calmly and concisely from two different viewpoints. Yes, and I think that I mean we we've talked about this a lot here on on the show, and I think the more we get into you know this election and this 2020 is a big year for America. But yeah. I, I think the the most important thing we can ever do, the most important thing we can ever have, is a civil conversation yes. about it. Regardless of what it is, regardless of where you stand, and regardless of the outcome, it's important that the conversation is had. Yes. And I, I think that that's that's what's missing that will fix, or at the very least, lead to fixes yes. for almost. Every single problem we have in today's America, but to, to recap everything that was just had don't fall into your bubble and try to bleed out the, or not not yeah. try to bleed out try to try to push away the noise and find out what you believe Maybe
1: play more video games
0: maybe or read more books <laughs> read either more either, books, way, either way um, find ways to displace yourself so that yeah. way whenever you are able to come back to your life um, you're able to do so with a fresh mind yeah that's the important part don't 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 let yourself get caught up in the The idea that you have to repeat these same thoughts and actions or that you have to believe the same thing that your parents thought or your friends think or what have you. You are allowed to have your own opinions and there should be a way for you guys to have a conversation about it yeah. without it becoming an argument. Yeah. So, Anthony, as always... Thank you for your wonderfully written article. Thank you for your wonderful conversation. Um, like I said before, if you have not read it yet, it is definitely worth your attention. It's on pointcast.news. Um, it's not, it, the, the actual article, I had to probably myself actually, the actual article, um, the title has nothing to do with Jeff Bezos, but everything about um, current America and information accuracy. So, you know, take take a look at it, you know, see what's going on. And uh, if you if you haven't already, give us a like on Facebook. Um. Obviously, check out the website. Like I mentioned before, uh, we're also on Apple Podcast and a couple other places along those lines. But yeah, this is this has been Josh, Weird Point Cast. Gail, take us home.